Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Let's just begin to declare the holiness of Jesus, how good he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are holy. You are worthy of our praise. It's your holiness. It's your holiness that makes us right. It's your holiness that washes us pure. It's your holiness that invites us into transformation. So we thank you, Jesus, for your holiness. You will always be holy forever. Jesus, the name that is above every other name. The name we can call on when we need peace. The name we can call on when we need provision. The name we can call on when we need protection. Jesus, that is your name. So we worship you and we praise you today, Jesus. Let's give a shout of praise to Jesus this morning. Amen, thank you, Jesus. He is worthy of our praise. Hey, it's good to see all of you today. As you go ahead and find your seat, take the next 30 seconds and just say hi to those around you. Tell them they look good today. Thank you. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. Whether you're listening on the line or you're in the room, we are excited to launch a new series called There Is More. There is more. And I am thrilled about this series. Uh, This is actually a series that's birthed because of what God is doing in our sisterhood. And as I was talking to Nate about it, he said, this is something for the whole church. So I am so excited about what God is gonna unlock through this series, There Is More, but also at our sisterhood conference this Friday and Saturday. That's right, ladies, we have over 120 women signed up. We have 15 different churches attending our conference, and we are believing that God's just gonna fill this room with women that are hungry for more of God. Yes, so if you've not signed up, you need to sign up because it's gonna be a life-changing weekend. Well, we're gonna be kicking off the series today. There is more, there is more. And this week as I was preparing, I was listening to Joyce Meyer, and she was sharing a story She was sharing a story and I thought, you know what, this is really good news. And this is good news for all the ladies, the single ladies in the house. Any single ladies in the house? Come on, it's all right. We see you, we see you. That's right. Well, there is a new store. There's a new store that has opened up in New York. And this new store is called the Husband Store. And if you want a husband, you can go to this store and shop for one. And the husband's store, there's, there's some guidelines for shopping at this store. There's six floors to this store. And the only rules that apply is that once you go to a level or a floor, you can't go back down. So you can go to each level and discover what kind of a husband you want. You can pick one out. 
so there was a lady that went to this store, the husband's store, because she was looking for a husband. And she went to floor one, and floor one said, these men have jobs. She thought to herself, well, this is a pretty great start, but you know, there's six floors. There's got to be more. So she went to floor two. And on floor two, it said, these men have jobs and they love kids. Ooh, you can hear it across the room. Yes, it just keeps getting better. Well, she thought, floor one and floor two, this is a great start, but I've gotta know what's on floor three. So she goes to floor three, and on floor three it says, these men have jobs, they love kids, and are extremely handsome. Oh, it just keeps getting better. These men, this man has a job, he loves kids, and he's extremely handsome. She thought, this just keeps getting better. I can't wait to see what's on floor four. So she goes to floor four. These men love jo have jobs, they love kids, are extremely handsome, and they help with the housework. Can I get a witness? I get some clapping around, yes. Turn to your husband if you're married and just begin to prophesy. You love housework. You love it. You may not know it, but you love it. Well, floor four sounded pretty great to her. But you know, there was two more floors. And she thought, there's got to be more. So she went to floor five. Floor five, these men have jobs. They love kids. They're extremely handsome. They help with housework. And they have a strong romantic streak. Yes, this is great, she thought. It is checking off every list of what I desire in my future husband. But there's one more floor. There's got to be more. Now, how many of you by show of hands would go to floor six? Or would you just stop right there on floor five? Okay, most of us would go to floor six. So she goes to floor six. And when she arrives, she reads a sign that says, you are visitor 31,456,000 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. <laughs> this floor exists solely to prove that women are impossible to please. <laughs> Some might think they're impossible to please. I would call it having a high standard, however, however you want to word it. But there is more. There is something within all of us that desires more. We desire the more. In fact, I was reading a story about a 33-year-old man named Larry Walter, who was uh, a truck driver, and he was so sick of just the routine of his life. He was so hungry for the more that he decided to do something wild. He went and he bought 42 six-foot weather balloons, and he filled them with helium, and he tied them to a garden aluminum chair, and he decided that he was gonna go for the ride of his life. So he strapped himself to the chair, he put a parachute on his back, grabbed a pellet gun and a camera, and took off into the sky. Now, we know that this happened because there was a Delta flight that was in flight, and the pilot reported seeing a man on an aluminum chair being carried by balloons at 16,000 feet. Well, Larry got to 16,000 feet, and he began to get a little bit cold after 45 minutes. He was a little chilly. And so he decided he was done with the ride of his life, so he took his pellet gun and started shooting the balloons and safely made it to the ground. Can you imagine? There 
is more. We all desire more. And some of us look for it in the wrong places. Pretty sure that balloon flight that Larry took was an exceptional ride, a ride of adventure, but it didn't fulfill his longing for the more. The lady who was looking for her husband, she got to the sixth floor and found out there was no more. The more, we desire it, all of us, deep within us. When we go through the motions of life, when we try to find fulfillment in people, in possessions, in jobs, in titles, in money, when we find, try to find the more in anything other than Jesus, we find ourselves wanting. And for those of us, and we've all been guilty of this at times, when we are struggling, when we need peace, when we need comfort, we turn to things that may numb us for a moment or bring pleasure for a moment, but they don't actually fulfill the longing within our soul, the longing that only Jesus can fill. And so the question today is, is there more? Is there more to this life? Is there more joy? Is there more hope? Is there more freedom? And the answer is yes, there is more. And his name is Jesus. The more you long for is in Jesus. That's right, you can clap for that. There is more in Jesus. And I wanna read to you this verse in John 10. John 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Everybody say that, abundantly, abundantly. If you don't have this verse highlighted in your, in your Bible, you need to highlight it, or you need to highlight it in your Bible app. This is a verse that we are gonna be coming back to over and over and over again. Why? Because it speaks the truth, it speaks truth to your soul, and today I believe there's fresh revelation for you from this scripture. So I wanna do a quick word study. We're gonna go to the classroom for a few minutes. You guys okay going to the classroom for a few minutes? I'm not necessarily, my gifting is not teaching. I would say I'm more of a preacher, but today I'm gonna to try and put on my teaching hat for you. There's three words that I wanna look at together. The first is thief, the second is life, and the third is abundantly. And we're gonna do a word study on these. The word thief in the Greek is kleptes. Kleptes, it's where we get our word kleptos. Have anybody know a klepto? Don't raise your hand. A klepto. <laughs> I actually, my grandma's cousin was a klepto. And when she died, she left all of this jewelry for us. And I remember my grandma was giving it to us. And I said, Grandma, where did she get all this amazing jewelry? And she looked at me without batting an eye. Oh, she stole it. <laughs> so those of you who think I came from a perfect family line, I did not. Jesus has redeemed my family. And klepto, that does not run in my family any longer. Thank you, Jesus. But the word kleptes, thief. So here, when we first read it, and actually for me, this is something that I have discovered this week in studying the scripture. When we hear the word thief, our mind immediately goes to what? Satan, right? Would you agree with me? When you first hear the word thief, our mind immediately goes to Satan. And yes, it is true that Satan is a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. Absolutely, that is true. But there's actually more to this word thief in the context of John 10 that I wanna show you this morning. If you look at chapters nine and 10 within John, there's actually no natural break in those two chapters. They flow together. And if you look in chapter nine, Jesus heals a man who is blind on the Sabbath. 
And the Pharisees get mad at Jesus. They call Jesus out. They, they, uh, they get mad at Jesus because he heals someone on the Sabbath. And Jesus, you know what Jesus does? He turns it right back on them. And you know what he calls them? He calls them blind guides. That he tells them that they are spiritually blind. And right after he says that they are spiritually blind, it jumps into chapter 10. And in chapter 10, Jesus uses the illustration of the good shepherd three different times. And he contrasts himself with the thief. And in John 10, 8, it, said, it says, all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. So what is Jesus really saying? What Jesus is saying in this context, he's actually calling the Pharisees thieves. He's calling the Pharisees thieves. Why? Because they are spiritually blind guides trying to rob people from the freedom and the redemption that is only found in Jesus. We live in a world full of blind guides, thieves that are trying to take our attention away from Jesus and lead us in a path of destruction and death. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. And so Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And as he calls himself the good shepherd, he describes what the good shepherd does, that the good shepherd actually lays down his life for the sheep. You see, the Pharisees, the Pharisees expected the people to lay down their life for them. But Jesus says, no, I come and I lay my, my life down for you. And it goes on further to say that not only is Jesus the good shepherd who protects his sheep, but he's also the good shepherd who wants his sheep to flourish. He wants them to experience life. So the second word we're gonna look at is life. Now life in Greek is called zoe. Everybody say zoe. Zoe, I love this word. I, our last women's ministry that I led was called Zoe because of this reason. The word Zoe in Greek means life. We know this, but if, as you study the word deeper, you will find that it actually pertains to both the spiritual and physical existence of life. So what Jesus is saying is that I, may, I have come that you may have life for eternity, but also here on earth meaning you don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience life. You can experience the abundant life here on this earth. This is good news. There is more. There is more. There is more for you here on this earth. The last word, before I really get into it, I, I, I'm like, I'm ready to go. The, the word abundantly, the word abundantly in the Greek is I'm gonna try and say it right, parison or parisos. And it literally means more than expected, beyond extraordinary, that's what it means. So what this verse is saying is Jesus is saying, there are thieves that have come, that will come, the devil will come, blind guides may come, our flesh may rear up at times. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and life more than you expected, beyond extraordinary, both for eternity and for today. This is good news. There is more. And the thing about Jesus that is so cool is that when you ask Jesus into your life, the minute you ask him into your life, the second you ask him into your life, you experience eternal life. It's instantaneous. You instantaneously receive the more. That means you go from death to life. How many of you experienced that? You've gone from death to life. Can I get a hallelujah for that? You go from death to life. 
But then there's this process of revelation that comes in a growing relationship with Jesus. And that's my big idea, idea this morning, is that the more is found in a growing relationship with Jesus. Because when you ask Jesus into your life, you are instantly saved. You instantly get to go to heaven. This is good news. But there's also more available for us here on this earth. And the more is revealed, the, the closer you are to Jesus, the longer you walk with Jesus, the deeper your relationship with Jesus goes, the more is revealed to you. Think about the disciples for a moment. The disciples walked with Jesus. When Jesus called them to walk with him, he didn't give them any details. He just said, come and follow me. And they came and they followed him. And as they followed him, their, their moment when they chose to follow him, their lives were changed forever. But the revelation of the more that Jesus had to offer came with time, with them walking with him. Because you see, everywhere that Jesus went, you can read about it in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everywhere Jesus went, he released the more. He released more freedom. He released more joy. He released more hope. He released more healing. Everywhere he went, Jesus released the more. There is more for you. There is more for me. And our desire through this series is that you would discover the more that Jesus has for you and you would learn to walk in it. And so today the question is, how do we walk in the more? How do we live in it? How do we live in it today? Well, today we're, I'm gonna talk to you about three things. And I was actually talking to Pastor Bill because Pastor Bill is known, Pastor Bill uh, Wilson, many of you know him. He's a hero of the faith, hero here at PCC, former lead pastor. I was talking to him this week and I said, Pastor Bill, I know people make fun of you because you have, you have multiple letters. You use one letter, you have alliterations. Well, I got three L's for you this Sunday. And so today I got three L's for you that I'm gonna talk to you about that's gonna help lead us in a direction of learning to know what it, lo what it looks like to walk in the more. And in order to do that, we're gonna turn to a passage of scripture that I believe is gonna help us. It's found in Matthew 14. So if you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 14, and we're gonna start in verse 22 and go to verse 33. This is a story that many of you are familiar with, and if not, get ready. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Before I jump into verse 22, I wanna just set the scene. Jesus has just completed the feeding of the 5,000. Pastor Nate talked about this last week, where Jesus fed the 5,000, and actually, Jesus performed the miracle, but he entrusted the miracle into the hands of the disciples that he used the disciples to actually disperse the miracle, that every time they would break the bread, the five loaves, the two fish, for 20,000 people, there was more than enough. There was more than enough. And it says here in verse 22, they have just, this is, this is what has just happened, and it says that Jesus immediately, he made, underline made, highlight made. He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch, of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. 
and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In order to experience the more, you've got to listen for his voice. That's the first point, listen for his voice. So the disciples have just watched Jesus do a miracle. And it said Jesus made them get into the boat. Now Jesus, being fully God and fully man, he knew that there was more available to them on the other side. But he also knew that they were headed into a storm. Why would Jesus put them on a boat and put, make them get in a boat and head to the other side knowing there's a storm and he wasn't in there with them? Have you ever felt like you were in the middle of the storm and God forgot all about you? You ever felt like that? My hand is raised. I've had conversations like, like this. God, where are you? <laughs> Have you ever said that? Where are you? Why would you let me go through this? Why? But there is something powerful that we see here because here's the deal. I was listening to this uh, pastor talk about this whole passage and he went to the Holy Land and he actually sat on this hill that overlooked the body of water and he said he had this revelation that while he was sitting there on the hill, Jesus could have seen them the whole time. He could see the body of water. So what I'm trying to say is that just because you can't see Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus can't see you. Just because you can't see Jesus, just because you don't know where he's at in the middle of your storm, doesn't mean that Jesus has taken his eyes off of you. And there was something more that he wanted to reveal to the disciples in the process of going through the storm. It is our natural tendency to want to run from pain, to want to run from difficult things. Anybody else like that? We don't want it. We want to go the opposite way. But I, I want to challenge you with this thought that the more you long for oftentimes will be revealed to you in the midst of a storm. I think about some of the greatest revelations I've had about Jesus in my life. They have come when I've, been in through, when I've gone through a storm and I'm on the other side. Because there's more for the disciples on the other side. There's more for you on the other side of your storm. But there's also a greater revelation of the glory of God for you in the midst of the storm. So Jesus, because Jesus shows up, he sees them, and you know what? It says he shows up in the, in the fourth watch. In the fourth watch. That would have been between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. This means that the disciples had been battling the wind and the waves for a long time. Can you imagine how frustrated they might have been? How tired they might have been? But Jesus shows up right on time. Right on time. It may not be our time, but it's right on time. And when Jesus shows up, he says, take heart, do not be afraid. It's the voice of Jesus that will calm you in the midst of your storm. It's the voice of Jesus speaking out to you in the storm that will bring the peace and the comfort that you need. My question to you today is, what voices are you listening for in the midst of your storm? Because there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of voices that compete for your attention. There's a lot of voices that compete to try and confuse you and get you to be discouraged. There's a lot of voices that could easily cause you to think it would be a whole lot easier to turn the boat around and just go back to the shore of comfortability. 
But when Jesus speaks, he's the one that guides you. He's the one that keeps you grounded. He's the one that keeps you going and reveals to you a new level of his glory. Think about it. You're, on, you're in the middle of a storm and Jesus shows up walking on the water. What is he showing them? He's showing them that he, he can defy gravity, first of all. That's pretty cool. But secondly, he's showing them another aspect of his authority, that he has power over the wind and the waves. He actually has power and authority over the storms in your life. There is more. There is more in Jesus. Are you listening for his voice? Isaiah 30, 21 says this. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way you should go. That's the voice of Jesus. Listen for his voice. And as Peter Peter is the one that responds, and he says this, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water, he said. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. Would you have gotten out of the boat? I mean, we read this story and we think it's amazing. Thank you, Nate. We read this story and we think it's amazing because it truly is. And Peter got out of the boat. And this is the second thing we need to learn. Humble obedience. Humble obedience. Peter calls out to Jesus and Jesus says, come. He doesn't give Peter the details. He doesn't tell him, okay, Peter, come, and this is how you're gonna walk on water. Think about it. If I'm gonna get out of the boat, I wanna know all the details. If I'm gonna obey, how many of you are like this? I need to know all the need to, details. I need to know exactly how I'm supposed to do it. I need to know and be reassured of the outcome. I need to understand all of the, the things at play here. Anybody else relate to me? Jesus gives him none of that. He just says, come. He just says, come. So there's a certain level of humility that Peter had to walk in to say, you know what? I don't, Jesus didn't tell me how to walk on water, but he's telling me to come, so I'm going to come. I don't know how, but I know who. I don't know, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to lock eyes with Jesus. He's telling me to come. I'm going to come. This is one of the hardest things for all of us as believers. It's not just obedience, but it's humble obedience. It's, belie- it's obeying right away and all the way. We want details, don't we? We want to know exactly how. We want to know exactly how it's going to turn out. And as I was thinking about this point, the Lord reminded me of um, a moment I had with Courtney Moline. And give it up for Courtney. If you don't know Courtney, Courtney. <laughs> Courtney and Jason oversee our youth ministry. They're doing an amazing job. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is when I meet with women, I go for walks. And I love walking with Courtney for two reasons. One, Courtney's awesome. She's funny. She's passionate. Um, and the second reason is I really love walking with her and her dog, Nala. And it's because Nala's a little naughty. Her dog Nala's a little naughty. Don't put the picture up yet because I gotta set the scene for it. But we went on this walk with her. It's our first walk. We're just getting to know each other. Uh, I went to Courtney's house and we start going for a walk. And in the beginning, Nala is off leash. And Nala is literally running all over the place. She's, and she comes out of this mud pit covered in mud. And then she goes over, there was a dead animal. Do you remember this? She went over and she was rolling in the dead animal. And Courtney, and I'm giggling, because I'm just thinking, this is so funny. And also thinking, I'm so glad it's not my dog that I have to clean later. <laughs> and Courtney, the whole time, she's like, Nala, come, Nala, come. 
and Nala wouldn't come. And eventually she got a hold of her, put her on the leash, I'm not kidding, and then we started to walk. And for a few moments of bliss, Nala walked with us, but then all of a sudden Nala decided, I'm not doing this anymore. And she just laid down, and I took a picture of it, and I wanna show you. It's not here? You don't have the picture. Okay, all right, well, I get to use this sermon illustration again. Um, But if you were looking at the picture, the picture would show Nala, their dog, laying on the ground, completely just laying on the ground, and Courtney with the leash, literally going like this, trying to pull her, pull her. And the best part is, it's on a busy road. <laughs> so everyone driving by can see her and I, if you, would have, if you would have driven by, you would have seen this scene. She's standing with the dog, literally trying to pull her up, and I'm standing off to the side laughing hysterically. I am no help to Courtney at all. But here's the thing. Nala decided she was over it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to obey. And you know what? She was connected to Courtney, but yet the sheer stubbornness of Nala She refused to move. And this happened multiple times, didn't it? We had to pick her up. Courtney picked her up. I was laughing. I did not. I was no help. She she got her to move. She would go a few steps, and she'd lay down again. And uh, honestly, as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of this moment, and I thought how funny it was. Also, I do want to say the next time we walked, she did much better. She did better. So your your, um, training at home is going really well. Um, She's improved. But... What I want to say about that, as I, was, as I was thinking about it, is this, is that the Lord just kind of reminded me, you know, how many times have you been like that with me, my own? You know, like you're connected to me. Like Nala was connected to Courtney by the leash. I'm connected to Jesus. Yes, I'm a believer. But how many times have I just laid down and been like, not doing it? I'm not going. All right, you can drag me. You can pull me. But I'm just going to lay right back down again. It will limit you if you do not learn to walk in humble humble obedience. You will miss out on the more that God has for your life. It requires a certain level of humility saying, I don't get it. I don't want to, but I hear your voice calling to me saying, come. And so I'm going to come because I trust you. I'm going to come because I want to experience the more that you have for me. Humble obedience. And you know what Peter did? He stepped out and he walked on water. I mean, how cool would it be to defy the laws of gravity and walk on water? Sign me up. But it says that as Peter was walking on the water, he saw the wind and the waves and he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The wind and the waves, he saw them, and he was afraid, and he began to sink. The third thing is this, and worship team can come. Lean into resilient faith. Peter heard the voice of Jesus. He listened to Jesus' voice. He walked. He learned humble obedience. And the last thing to discover the more is this. You've got to lean into resilient faith. And a resilient faith is the kind of faith that doesn't give up. 
It's the kind of faith that says no matter how hard the wind is blowing, no matter how strong the waves are, I'm not giving up because I want the more that God has for me. And here's what happens is when the wind and the waves are crashing in on you, the louder and louder the what ifs get. The what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs of what if God doesn't come through? What if I don't have what it takes? What if I fail? What if, what if, what if? But you know, what ifs work both ways. What if God does come through? What if you're okay? What if you do make it? What if God does use you? What if? But I wanna propose to you today that in order to discover the more, we actually have to remove the what if from our language. It can't even be a part of our language. You know what our language needs to sound like? The what is. I don't know what's going on, but I know who my God is. He is faithful, he is good, he's my provider, he's my protector, he's my sustainer. What is, what is the truth? And we stand on the what is. What is the resilient faith? And as Peter, Peter, he begins to sink. Jesus says to him, oh, you of little faith. Now I gotta be honest with you. I've read this passage multiple times and this week as I was wrestling with this, this part bugged me because here's the deal. Peter was the only disciple that got out of the boat. So as I'm studying the scripture, this is how I study scripture with the Lord. Jesus, why you gotta be so hard on him? Like that's, that's literally, as I'm talking to the Lord, why you have to be so hard on Peter? He got out of the boat. Look at all the other scaredy cats in the boat. Like call them out. And if we look at it just that way, yeah, it appears to be that way. Like Peter, you of little faith. But as I began to study this phrase, I realized that you of little faith is actually used three different times within the book of Matthew. And as you study it down to the context and the core, what it, Jesus is really saying is he's saying, Peter, you did not trust me to care for you. Peter, you did not trust me to care for you. So you of little faith, what he's saying is you didn't trust me to take care of you. The wind and the waves were crashing in all around you. And instead of focusing on me, having that resilient faith that says, I'm not giving up because I wanna experience the more that God has for me. He started to lean into his own thought process, his own ability to be able to discern the winds and the waves. Can I, can I suggest this to you today? Don't curse the storm you're going through. Become a student of the storm. Because as you become a student of the storm that you're going through, you're gonna see the glory of God revealed to you in new ways, in new levels. And as you study it, you know what you're gonna find? You're gonna find that God will come through for you. He'll come through for your family. He'll come through for your kid. He'll come through for your marriage. He will come through. Do you trust God to care for you? Do you trust him to care for you? Many of you know our little guy, Tate. Many of you have met him. If you haven't met him, uh, he's hard to miss because he's a bundle of energy and joy everywhere he goes. And I just wanna apologize in advance. If you have a gray beard, he might call you Santa. Please don't take it offensively. We're working on, we're working on it. <laughs> but when Tate was two years old, we started uh, noticing a significant delay in his speech. And so we took Tate to a speech therapist and that speech therapist referred us to a neuropsych and that neuropsych over the course of a year and a half diagnosed Tate with autism. 
when he was three years old. 2018, he was diagnosed with autism, moderate in severity. And I remember when he got that diagnosis, we were sitting in the room at the neuropsych and he was going through all of these lists, all of these tests that had been performed on tape. And as we were sitting there, they were telling us that our child, um, it appeared that he didn't have a high intelligence, that uh, he, they, they told us all the things he couldn't do. He wouldn't be able to do this. He wouldn't be able to do that. His life would be limited because of this diagnosis. And the neuropsych was wonderful. He, what he was doing was trying to help us understand what was going on. But all I heard in that moment was all the things my kid would never be. And I remember being so grieved. And you know, I didn't know how to process it. And, and word got out that this had, Tate had been diagnosed with this. We were living in the Tri-Cities at the time. And I remember good-hearted people would come to me with, with the weirdest things. One lady came up to me and said, if you feed him cilantro for a week, he'll be healed. I didn't do it, and I'll just use this moment to say, please don't come at me and tell me these things. <laughs> just pray I'll have a revelation and the Lord will show me if that's what I'm supposed to do. But I also had people come up to me and say this to me, oh, we're just praying for Tate to be healed of autism. And I remember being so angry at the thought of that because I said, I'm not praying for him to be healed of autism because I believe that Tate is fearfully and wonderfully made. So he's just made different. Tate does not fit in any box. Every box that the world has that's normal, Tate is way out here. And I had this moment where I went into the garage and I got on the treadmill and I was crying and I said, God, I need to hear your voice. What do you say about Tate? I've heard what the world has to say. I, I, I've heard what everybody else's opinion is of Tate, but what's your opinion? And you know what began to show me in that moment? It was a download of what, how God created Tate to be. And this is what he said. He said, Tate is my joy bringer. And everywhere he goes, he releases the joy of the Lord. If you know Tate, you know this to be true. His name, not knowing what he would have to walk through in his life, his name means joy bringer, Tate does. And his middle name is Herman, which means warrior. So his name literally means joyful warrior. That is who he is. But here's the thing, in the midst of the storm, I needed, I desperately needed to hear God's voice speak to me. Cause you know what? It was that voice that grounded me. Every single time we would go into a therapist's office, they would go through the scores of what Tate got and, and how far off he was. And you know what? I stopped listening to it. Do I wanna, I'm getting him all the help he needs, but that does not define who Tate is. You know what defines who Tate is? What God says about Tate. And Tate's a joy bringer. And here's the miracle. In the midst of the storm, I clung to that. And even when I couldn't see it, I declared that over Tate. We used to declare that over Tate. And God gave me specific things. I said, God, help me know how to pray. Because if you're gonna experience the more, you gotta know how to pray. You gotta know how to access the resources of heaven through prayer. And there was three things God showed me to pray for. Pray for his speech, pray for his social skills, and pray for sleep. We're still praying for sleep. <laughs> But the speech and social has grown tremendously. And I wanna show you a quick video because he could not speak at all. But right before COVID, his language began to develop. And I'm not kidding you, we, began, we, we said that over him every day, Tate, you're a joy bringer, you release the joy of the Lord. We just declared it before he could speak, before he was actually a really happy kid. And we just began to declare it. And right before COVID, Tate started singing this song, Waymaker. And I have a quick video that I wanna show you of Tate singing Waymaker and I wanna, Describe it to you. Go, go. Waking America. 
Thomas Deep. I am the toughest. My God, that is really rough. Say cheese. <laughs> if that doesn't release the joy of the Lord, I don't know what was. But here's what I'm saying. As I, as I posted that on Facebook right during COVID, and I had hundreds of people say, oh, I just felt peace in that moment. You can't even really, he, he's still developing his language. Now he get up here every single Sunday, he actually asks for the microphone. He says, mom, dad, I got a message from the Lord for today. Why am I sharing this? We don't often talk about it because I wanna protect Tate, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this today. Because no matter what you're going through, no matter what storm you're facing, my son is walking in the moor because of the Jesus in his life. My son is walking in the moor because we heard his voice. We declared what God said, and he is living testimony of the moor that can be released in your life. The moor, when you're in a storm, when you're in the storm, when you're walking through life, today you can experience the moor by listening for Jesus' voice. Learn that humble obedience. We love Nala, but don't be like Nala. Get up and follow. Even though you may not have the details, Jesus will give you the direction. Follow the direction, don't look for the details. And the third thing, man, lean into resilient faith because you will see that God is faithful. He is able and there is more for you. Most of us miss out on the more because we give up too fast. Most of us don't experience the more because we get stuck in offense and frustration and anger. And we end up going back to the shore of the known and the comfortable. When Jesus is saying, hey, get in the boat. And actually, I want you to start to walk on water with me and trust that I will take care of you. So today as we close, you can go ahead and actually stand to your feet. And I wanna give the opportunity for those of you who don't know Jesus today to make the best decision of your life. The more that your soul longs for is only found in Jesus. You won't find it in people. You won't find it in things. You won't find it in, in substance and addiction. You're not gonna find it there, but you'll find it in Jesus. We, every week we hear testimonies of people who come to know Jesus and their lives are transformed because they are now filled with the more. And the more I'm most concerned about in this moment before we close the service is that the more of your, of your eternity is sealed, that you know that you will be in heaven with Jesus. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've walked away from Jesus, and you need to rededicate your life or give your life to Jesus for the first time, saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my life. I want you to lift your hand. Lift your hand and I wanna pray with you. Salvation in the house today. We're believing that today is a day of salvation. And online, if you're listening, go ahead and lift your hand. Put the hand emoji up there. Well, let's all pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for redeeming me for forgiving me of all my sins. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Reveal the more to me as I walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer,
All of heaven is rejoicing. Well, today as we close, we're gonna worship together. But as we close, this is, this is the instructions for the end. There is more available for you today. And I'm gonna invite our prayer partners to go ahead and prayer partners, you can come and come off to the sides, but I'm gonna leave the altar open. And here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. I'm gonna pray. And as I pray, you can go ahead and come down. You can find someone to pray with you. You can come forward. You can meet with Jesus by yourself. Don't leave until you have met face to face with Jesus and allowed him to transform your heart. Do you need to listen to his voice today? Do you need to learn humble obedience? Do you need to lean into resilient faith? Where are you at? Don't leave until you've done business because when you walk out of these doors, there is more that's available for you. Don't miss out on the more because of pride. Don't miss more out on the more because you're afraid. The more is worth the risk. So as I pray, go ahead and come. We wanna pray. We have mighty prayer warriors that wanna pray with you and agree with you for the more. But if you just wanna meet with Jesus by yourself, the altar is open, come and meet with Jesus. So I'm gonna pray, Jesus, I thank you for today. Jesus, I thank you that in you, we find the more our hearts long for. Jesus, I pray that you would release the more this morning. God, if it's, we're here and, and, and we're struggling to listen to your voice, Lord, would you tune our ears to hear only from you? Drown out the sound of every other voice. If that's you this morning, would you just, uh, I just wanna pray over you. Just touch your ears if you're struggling to hear the voice of Jesus. Just touch your ears in the activation of faith. Jesus, I thank you that you're gonna tune their ears to hear from you and you alone. I thank you, Jesus, that it's in you, your voice that brings them peace. Would you tune their ears to hear from you? Would you silence all the other voices, Jesus? And for my friends in the room, probably all of us who need to learn humble obedience. Oh God, help us. Help us when you speak that we would come and we would not delay, but that we would not be afraid because we don't have all the details, but that we would come and walk in faith knowing that we can trust you to take care of us. So Jesus, when you ask us to come, even if it seems impossible, give us the faith to believe that we're gonna come and you're gonna provide. Help us to lay down our right to know all the details and pick up this, this mantle of faith that says, I trust that God will work it out. And for those in the room who just are struggling with faith today, they're tired because it feels as if the winds and the waves have beaten them down. If that's you today, you've just felt beaten by the storm around you. Would you lift your hand? I wanna pray over you. You've just felt beaten by the storm. There's hands all over this room. Yeah, Lord, you see every hand, God. You know the storms that they have been through. And I thank you, Jesus, that you speak peace over their storm. Would you encourage their soul today? I pray that they would not give up. They would not give up, that they would fuel, they would fuel their faith. I thank you, Jesus, that it's faith that releases us into the more. I pray, Father, that you would encourage their spirit today and that they would know that you are able to care for them. And if that's you, would you just say that? Just begin to declare it. Jesus, I trust that you are able to provide for me. Jesus, I trust that you are able to care for me. I trust that you are able. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you today. We worship you today. You're such a good father. The altars are open. The prayer warriors want to pray with you. Let's end today in worship meeting with Jesus.
Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.